Ladies and gents, welcome to Next Level Radio. I am your host, Colby Wartman, and our mission is to tackle the biggest questions in strength and conditioning, business, investing, and everything in between. We bring to you the best people in every sector so that you, the listener, can benefit and learn from the best in the biz. Whether that is S&C or business, you can rest assured you're getting the best knowledge available. Next Level Radio continues to grow because of our listeners and our sponsors. Today, we present you Fat Fish Brewing, the official beer of Next Level Radio. Whether you're looking for a night out with family or smashing the best craft beers in the area, you will find it all at Fat Fish Brewing. Check out Fat Fish on Village Street in Dickinson or check them out on their website at fatfishbrewing.com. Life has an amazing way of coming full circle and bringing to you the people that you need in your life at that time. As a young whippersnapper, four monsters deep, just excited to tackle the day, I'm headed to my first strength and conditioning conference, and I hear about a company called Team Builder. Multiple coaches with experience with Team Builder and other platforms said the exact same thing. They said that you can get very similar products across different platforms. However, the thing that truly sets aside Team Builder and puts their product above anybody else's is their true and genuine customer service. As a customer for many years, both at the university setting and the private facility, I can tell you Team Builder's customer service is absolutely second to none. Late night emails, programming issues, emergencies on my end are all resolved very, very quickly. So join the thousands of universities and private facilities that use Team Builder to elevate their businesses by going to teambuilder.com, click start my free trial and use code NLT at checkout. Our next sponsor, Nutridyne, a medical supplement company aimed at enhancing performance and addressing the underlying issues of disease. You will be hard-pressed to find the quality that you'll find at Nutridyne. Listeners of this podcast get 20% off all supplements. Just go to at coach underscore Wartman and click the Nutridyne link in our bio. Keep up with us on Instagram at coach underscore Wartman on our website nl-training.com or keep up with us on the next episode of Next Level Radio. Now sit back, relax, and take in the mind-melting knowledge of this episode. All right, peeps, you guys have arrived at Next Level Radio number 91. We're creeping up on a hundo, and no better way to have a triple threat repeat offender. My brother, Darren Hansen, on the podcast. I'm going to have him introduce himself um, as he uh, has been here before, but for any new listeners, let's uh, let's wrap here, dude. Let's do it. Um, Darren Hansen, number three, baby. Stoked to be here. <laughs> Favorite podcast to be on, even over my own. Um, yeah, so I'm in Pocatello, Idaho. I own a strength and conditioning facility. Uh, we train primarily athletes now as we've evolved anywhere from seven-year-olds up to collegiate athletes. And, uh, yeah, just running a brand, doing the online training, teaching people, trying to be a purveyor of good information on the internet in a world of darkness. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Speaking of that, though, yes, too, sir. we we just uh, we actually just adjusted our insurance policy to we only could have 12-year-olds, and we just got into the pre-12. And uh, right off the bat, like building that infrastructure for those kids was very tough. Um, and it's a lot of attention for those kids, but just like a 12 or 18 year old, once they start rolling, they roll. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of attention, but a lot of fun. Yeah. It's high. It's a lot of energy. We do shorter sessions with them, but my vision is, you know, you get a kid, if you can get a kid in there that age, work on the stuff you need to, and then develop them all the way through middle school, high school. I mean, by the time they get to be juniors and seniors in high school, you have an absolute unit. Oh, it's deadly, dude. Absolutely (laughs) deadly. Deadly. Yep. Um, For people that listen to uh, Next Level Radio number 90, we talked about um, some kind of responses from athletes and and then responses from me, 
my coaches that changed my life, saved my life, and, and did a lot of big things. But before we get into that question, I wanted to ask Darren um, kind of a, a, a background question. And we both have we both have backgrounds in the strength world. We both have backgrounds in the sports side and both got to play it at a very high level. What was the deciding factor, um, the passions behind it? I know that, but what, why did you want to be a coach? Like, what was the reason why you decided to go down the path you're down? That's good. Um, so I think, you know, as I finished up, well, my career ended, ended in injury. Um, and my, thought was always there had to be a better way so as I started to teach myself and learn more um, get involved and work with other coaches um, like at the facility at Utah State where I was at um, I became very passionate about potentially helping these people before they ended up you know with injury or um, not even just that but giving guidance right because I only had a couple coaches all through middle school high school college that I you know would call to this day or built a relationship with and um, I wanted to be that coach for somebody Um, and that's kind of what led me down that road was thinking back like the connection that I was potentially longing for with some of my coaches uh, or I as I look back now like what I could have I think I could have been even a better athlete and even a better person earlier in my life if I had influences uh, like I'm trying to provide now for my kids, um, I think I missed out. Like parents can only do so much, which sounds yeah. wild, but, um, you know, a parent is a parent. And if you can find somebody you look up to a, ma- a masculine role, right? So some kids, whether or not they had a good dad or not, uh, sometimes dads have to work and they aren't able to be as home as much and they aren't able to influence their kids as much. And, uh, my goal was to be a good masculine, positive influence in, you know, uh, young men's lives, but also young women's. Yeah. So, uh, that, that kind of led me into that. And I've always been able to connect well with people and make relationships with them. And I also love lifting weights. So it was a combination of like doing something I love and also impacting people the way I wanted to. Yeah. I was talking to my wife about this kind of uh, brings it full circle in this too. talking about a masculine role and like a father figure as a coach. And it's, it sounds crazy and I never really thought about it by about this, but we, we hear the thing about like daddy issues and all this different stuff. And the, the, the mother has this very important, very essential role early on in life and all the way through the kid's life. But no matter what, if the dad is not present, if the dad has to work, if it's all revolved around the dad, the father. Um, and I didn't realize that. And I was kind of thinking about it. And, uh, I heard somebody talk about it on a podcast. People can grow up without a mother, not saying it's not essential, but when problems arise, you can look back and there's usually a disconnect with the father. And as a coach to be able to step into that role in some effect is a huge responsibility, massive responsibility. And one of the things I do take from John, um, we're talking John Wellborn as he talks about it, um, his coaches were guys that were just blowing whistles at him, you know, and we have such a bigger responsibility as a coach. And I know from knowing you personally and being a great friend of yours, I know you take that very seriously. But unfortunately, we see whether that's sports side or strength side, people that are just doing it for the paycheck and doing it to do it. And uh, it honestly, I'd rather have them out of that role and those kids not having a coach than having a half-ass coach, you know? Yeah. And it, just to tie on that, I've a couple, a couple of uh, influencers that I listen to that I trust, you know, kind of the information they put out. I think with the school shootings, the only connection they could find between all these different school shootings is um, there wasn't a father in the home for pretty much all of them. So, yeah, I think it's very important. And B, I think, tying it back to what you said, like I think there's a lot of coaches that are in it because of ego or potentially something that they, like let's say they didn't have a successful career 
they didn't get to do what they want to do and then they get into it for the ego purpose or um just to kind of like say they made made it in a way in a sport like oh i'm a basketball coach um that hides maybe a lot of their insecurities with i wasn't a college basketball player and then it becomes this just ego slash kind of shitting on the kids for lack of a better word uh to make them feel better which i see a lot of like a lot of that yeah (laughs) because as much as it's such an important role but it does hold some um uh prestige to be a coach you know and so people really want to want to do that just to say they did that and uh i mean we see it everywhere we see it idaho north dakota everywhere um but th- this was a question that before we get to the main question, um, Tex was on a podcast with, uh, uh, I forgot who it was, but he, they were talking about, uh, do you believe, and this is a question for you, do you believe that it, it is essential, um, a coach must be able to perform, demonstrate, and be able ball, a- able-bodied and willing to demonstrate what they need to do? So a football coach or a strength coach, like, is that essential? Is that an essential portion of coaching, or can some great coaches not have that ability um, to uh, be a coach? Um, I, I do think it's important. Um, there's a couple reasons why. I think as you age out later in your career, and maybe you have that background, and let's say you're 70 and you can't do some of that stuff anymore. Um, sure. You can be you can be a great coach. I actually had a football coach in little league, very high high level, which sounds crazy. Like we, every time they come through every four years, uh, it's called for the Vikings, and we win. We never we we always win. Um, they ran us like it was just hard. Like I went to high school and and it was less discipline at high school than it was little league. And this guy actually never played uh, football but he was a master purveyor of everything about football, uh, learned everything about it, was a, a genius when it came to the offensive side. And But he would still run the drills with us, be the quarterback in different situations. Like I didn't know he didn't actually play football until after because of just he was very high level at what he did when he was coaching us. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important. I have kids all the time in my gym, like younger kids. As they get older, they don't ask as much, but younger kids are always like, they're ch- they're struggling with something. They're like, well, can you do it? And then I show them I can do it, and then it motivates them, right? And then I also demonstrate all the movements we do. So I think there is a level of credibility that will immediately come from being able to perform the movement or the thing that you are teaching. And whether it's important or not, to older people, I think to the youth, it's it's very important that you are living up to the standards and performing the things that you are asking them to do. Uh, it's kind of like the parenting method of like, do as I say, not as I do, mm-hmm. right? So that's, I don't think that's very effective. Like I think if you're trying to instill things in your kids, uh, people you're influencing, you have to lead from the front. And I think all too often, uh, People complain about not getting results with kids or behaviors or habits or downfalls they have as they get older when really they were influenced in all those things by what they saw behind closed doors with their parents or the way that they acted or whatnot. So tying that into that, I mean, that's a little deeper than just a sport coach, but I do think you should be able to demonstrate the ability to do it and and the knowledge behind it. And if there is an excuse, like, let's say you had a catastrophic injury and you're in a wheelchair, sure, you're not going to be able to do bounds or stuff like that, but you should probably have someone there that's assistant coaching that can also demonstrate and you can coach it up. 100%. And I think it plays to a few different things. Um, you said it motivates them, and I, I think that's true. Um, I also think it uh, it allows them to believe in their se- in themselves, too. Like, hey, if my coach can do this, I can do this. Um so it allows them to believe in themselves and it lends the perspective that you live the life that you are wanting them to pursue. You know, you're actually taking it seriously and these things work, you know? So if we have, I had a strength coach and he's actually a good friend. Um, but as a strength coach, he wasn't great when I was in college. 
And I mean, it was four Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dews a day, um, very unhealthy and barking from the front and just trying to tell us to do all these things. But we had no gold standard. We had no physical representation of what we wanted to, what he wanted us to do. And so having that, uh, I think, plays huge for both youth, youth, very young, 12, 12 and under and all the way through high school. Those kids can believe in you, which then helps them believe in themselves. It, it helps a lot, man. And, and we, uh, selfishly, we enjoy that, right? Like we enjoy moving well and doing those things very well and uh, displaying our athleticism for those kids to have a gold standard and mimic. Yeah, 100%. And one thing that's also a goal of mine is like demonstrating that the way we're teaching the kids to do things can be performed well after college athletics. Like college is cool. Um, but really like what I'm trying to instill is like able-bodied people that stay healthy and that physically, which will help mentally for the rest of their lives. And all the time I have kids that they can't believe I'm 30. They're like, I thought you were 24. How are you still doing all that stuff? How did you just, like I, one time I hang power clean 300 in front of middle school kids and dude, they lost their mind. (laughs) Like they lost their mind, dude. And they were like, yeah, all three of them were trying to deadlift it after I like, cleaned it, and they just couldn't believe it. And then they couldn't believe how old I was and still doing it. Because, like, we just have that, that society's like, oh, I'm 30 now. I can't do things. Or as I age, I can't continue to be able body and be able to run and jump and do these things that make us youthful and make us capable. Um, and so that's something that's huge for me is, like, as I age, I want to be able to demonstrate for the kids I coach and also my future kids like you can continue to do this through the rest of your life and it's going to make your life better. Yeah. You know, and so. you, you're speaking to it a little bit too. We have, uh, we have our learn and burn class and you guys have your lifestyle class that you are a living representation of that for them. You know, like you've been there and now you're at that point, you're at 30. Um, I just hit 28. And so we're, we're approaching these numbers where people don't think you can do that, but now you're a physical representation of that. And that helps with buy-in with your lifestyle class and all those different things that it is, it is, um, you are able to do it, you know? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, I think there was a disconnect with my coach that, uh, we didn't have and I, I felt that. And so again, this brings us back to when I asked you, why did you want to get into coaching? And there was a few things that you thought you could have been a better athlete with X, Y, and Z. And so setting aside a little bit of what makes a great coach, um, if I can, if I can phrase this question, right, I hope I can. Um, what were you striving for in a coach? Um, when you were younger, what, what did you need that you, maybe you possibly didn't get? Yeah. Um, I think like the things that shine to me the most, like I did have a lot of coaches that, especially in weights where they weren't really involved at all. They would just hand us a sheet. There was no demonstrations. There was no physical capacity to actually do the things they're asking us to do. But for me, I think it was more of, which this isn't every kid, but like I wanted to have better, I just thrive on connections. And I felt like I never really had much of a connection outside of like, they were my, they were just my coat. Like they just coached me in weights, but there was no like value to that. Um, I don't, I don't feel like if I saw him in public, I wouldn't walk up to him now and be like, give him a hug, give him a high five. What's up? Like, I think I was lacking the kind of the love side of it. Like the actually knowing that the coach, really cared about me and knew me and like if I walked in the door with my posture was bad I was a little slumped over like I want a coach that would walk up to me and say hey what's going on like they know me well enough to be like hey you know you seem a little down what's up we can talk about it if you'd like um or I'll just give like they just give me a little bit more attention that day and build me back up and prepare me to walk back out that door and attack the problems I'm having or confront the things that are going on Um, I just don't think I had a lot of coaches that either A, knew how to do that or B, didn't want to put the effort into like, it's a lot, it's exhausting, like getting to know every person that walks in your door and connect with them. But I think that's what makes a high level coach. Yeah. 100%. I, and I think we both had examples of both. I, 
I mean, I, I even got a little emotional and teared up a little bit talking about some of the great coaches that I had on the last podcast, talking about how they influenced my life and uh, just crazy roundabout story. You'll have to listen to the podcast, but um, I had a coach that truly and technically saved my life. And then he hired me as a college strength and conditioning coach. And then I have been able to influence all these other athletes, but without that that coach in that situation, all these athletes that I've been able to impact, hopefully positively, it wouldn't have happened. And so I had these these very influential ones, but we all also had some shitty ones that, uh, again, they were just doing it to do it. And I think if it's going to be that situation, get out of the way because there will be a great coach that does step into that role and uh, change the life of those athletes because – even from the outside, me looking at Hanson Athletics and what you guys are doing and what a lot of the Block One, excuse me, network is doing, it's such a bigger role than we think. And I know you're getting to the point because um, I know I've I've got to that point and I've had a, some, a few years less than you in the in this realm. But I'm now getting to the point where those early athletes are now adults, and one, I'll either see them in public. And they are jacked and stoked to see me and they want to, hey, let's go get a beer. Let's go get some coffee. But then it's the athletes that actually have the the mental capacity and the maturity where they're like, hey, I want to appreciate that coach. And I've got notes mailed to me. And like <clears throat> that makes my day, man. Like that, that there because you and I, we show up to their games. We highlight them. We care for them. If they're down, we pull them aside and we talk to them. Like that's the fruits that we're getting when we get that note back. And it seems so minuscule, but man, I, I'm sure you can you can talk to it. Like getting a note or something like that from an athlete is freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, no, that's honestly the best the best part dude. is when you know they come to you and they say, you know, you changed my life or you helped me get through this. Um, you know, I look, I've had kids come up and say, you know, all through high school, I really think I learned the most at Hanson Athletics. Um, and just multiple other comments like that, just stuff like that, where you're like, wow, like this is actually impacting people to be better people, a, and helping them get through things that potentially could have became a rut in their life for years and years and years, and maybe a whole lifetime. Um, and it's just the little things, man. It's, it's just that little stuff like that where, you know, you run into them and they get the biggest smile on their face and they come up and hug you and you're just like, wow. You know, it's a connection that um, I value a lot and it's kind of what lights my fire to, you know, be in here every day at 5 a.m. and, and grinding and be here till 6 p.m. and it doesn't even feel like a job, you know, because it's like, just having the opportunity to influence youth like that. That's why I love youth too, is you can do a lot with adults. Um, but if you can get your hands on a kid young, just the trajectory of where they can go in life, like the way you affect them is it, just, like, it, can, it can just be absolutely astonishing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, physically as an athlete, uh, that's one thing, but a as a human, um, just making better humans, it's uh, it's really, really cool to see because the impact that we see, and we're going to be dead and gone by the time all this happens, but what's the impact that we had on them, and then what's the impact that they had on their kids and their kids' kids? Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, we start getting into some pretty crazy ripple effect territory where it's 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 the most gratifying thing, and you 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 bring up a good point. I, I was just having this conversation with my athletes because I like to be vocal with them, and like a lot of them listen to my podcast and listen to your podcast, and I'm telling them like they they know I've gone through addiction, they know I've gone through all this stuff, and I was talking to them about like, have I ever walked in this gym? And I'm I'm being I'm being serious with you guys. Like, have I ever walked in this gym and you feel like I'm just showing up for a job? And they're like, no, like you always seem like you're on crack and drinking way too much monster. Like, yeah. well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just me, you know, like that's partly true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As I, as I smash a 300 milligram rain right now. Um, yeah. but like I told them, I said, you guys, like you guys only see this hour that you're with me in this group, 
you know, and this is, this is the most important time of your day, but I also have that most important time for all these other athletes from 5am till six or seven or eight or whatever it is. And I said, if I was just showing up for a job, you guys would see through that. And I said, this is the most important thing we were talking about. It was our college group and some of them were getting ready to graduate and they're getting anxious and having depression and doing all these things because they don't know what they want to do. And I said, don't rush into anything. Absolutely think about what lights your fire. And it sounds so cliche that Gary V find your passion shit, but I've never showed up for a day on the job here, guys. Like, yeah, is there good days and bad days when you have to do billing and scheduling and P&L statements and all this stuff? Yeah. But when you guys are here, there's no job included. I am having fun. And it's a byproduct that we've made a living off of it. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very – and I think that is what makes – great coaches too, you know, like that's something, those guys that are actually passionate about it, not just checking a box. Yeah, a hundred percent. And what's been cool now is like, we're at the point now where we have a current intern and then people, a lot of people that are interested yeah. that are going to graduate soon that are staying, like, I'm going to stay in town and I want to intern at the gym. Like I want to start coaching. I want to learn more about this. Like by the way we teach and the way we explain things to them and get a little bit more in depth on why we're doing things. It's really like got some kids interested in like, wait, I could, I want to learn this and I want to potentially do this for a career, which that would be, I mean, if we can get over the time, like three or four coaches on staff that all trained here since they were in middle school, like, (laughs) Hey, they're going to be killers because they're going to know how we do everything in the culture and what it feels like. And B it's like, like you said, dude, I don't know. Like, talk back into old times and everybody talk like back in the days, you sing songs about legends. And I think like leaving, I'm very, this is like egotistical, but I'm very interested in having people speak my name after I'm dead and leaving a, uh, something that will last for at least a a period of time after I'm gone, Uh, whether it's a physical thing or just like people like, Oh, remember coach Darren or whatever. Like, I just want people they say you have two deaths, right? Like you, when you die and when you're your name's last spoken. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be very cool to influence people to the point where, you know, two generations down the line, people are bringing up what happened, you know, due to my efforts. So, yeah. and then your, your efforts are bearing fruit into their athletes or even whatever profession they go into, man. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, David Goggins had like a, a little saying, a little little story that I talked about on a podcast once, but you, you get up to the gates of heaven and this is like your reflection. Did I leave the legacy that I wanted? And then there's the other side of what's the perception of everybody else? Did I leave a legacy in their perception? And for our perception, you get up to the gates of heaven. I'm sure you've heard this. And uh, God brings out this whole photo book. And this, this, these experiences and these opportunities and these relationships and it's this whole book that you go through. And uh, at the end of it, he asks you, like, do you remember these opportunities? Do you remember these relationships, these impacts that you had on people? And the, the biggest thing that we're scared of is looking at that book and not recognizing any of it. And not being able to look at it and be like, oh, shit, like, I didn't do that. Like, I didn't live up to my potential I didn't live up to the impact that if you believe in God or if you don't, the impact that that higher being has for us. And uh, so looking at that book and not recognizing any of it is like a huge fear of mine. And uh, I really liked how he put that in there. Like, this is what we're building for. Like, we have to have this longitudinal look on what we're doing and then be in, be granular enough where every rep and every day counts with every athlete you know yeah it's 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 uh crazy to think about man um the main question that i wanted to get out of you selfishly because i fucking enjoy your perspective a lot and uh it's it's fun to hear so uh what makes a great coach and this could be sport coach anybody um and we're going to go as deep as we need to on this and so what what makes a great coach in darren's mind yeah i think for me as i've developed into into a coach and helped other coaches and watched i really truly 
so cliche, but I think it's just love, dude. Like, <laughs> like you could not know that much and maybe not be as dialed on the granular stuff at first. Like, if you love the kids and you love, uh, you know, get putting a positive influence in their life, that love is going to drive like those smaller details over time. Cause like, okay, I love my athletes. Obviously that's going to push me to do a better job. Like I want to help them as much as I can. Like I want to dial in and learn and continue to learn. So I'm giving them the best experience possible. But I do think the separating factor between coaches and what makes the best and the worst is I think it's, I really think it comes down to just actually really, really, really loving and caring about the kids that walk in your door. Um, I'm fortunate enough to like be in the private sector where I've been able to set everything up. So the environment is conducive to that. Like there's obviously coaches that potentially have just as much love for me or love as I do for my athletes, but they're, you know, in a big setting where they can't get as one-on-one, they don't have as much time. They have responsibilities. There's other roles from other coaches that like, you have to, I don't know, you just can't be who you want to be as a coach. Um, like, so when I have my own thing, I can set it up the way I want it to be. And every kid that comes in here knows they're loved. Their com- the first comment is always, my kid's confidence is through the roof. Uh, what are you doing in there? Can you help influence my kid to, to make this decision? This deci- like, Can you help me parent them in yeah. some aspects of their life? Like, they listen to you. They love you. Like, um, I, I really think that's a separating factor and it actually has nothing to do with like the technical knowledge side of coaching people. Yeah. So it's, it, it's not really even a prerequisite. Um, we talk about, I've talked about this in my, in my story and it, it plays into this perfectly, but the one thing, the absolute one thing that I was chasing when I went through addiction into heroin and pills and all this stuff was love, dude. And I was chasing that because I didn't get it in a figure. I didn't get it in parents. I mean, they loved me the way they loved me, but I was searching for something else. And uh, the fact that we can be that and actually provide that for somebody is the, the effects are astronomical to think about. And I, I 100% agree that we can have a very unexperienced very fresh rookie coach who truly loves and cares for each athlete. And it's not, a, it's not a show like these athletes can see through the, this, this putting on a character because putting on a character, you're not going to put in the extra hours to go to state baseball or to travel to Fargo. For me, like I went out there and watched four days of just awesome wrestling, like, a coach that's just doing it for show is not going to do that, man, you know, and uh, truly loving and caring for those kids in the best days and the worst days sets aside a coach more than anybody, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, yeah, it's that little extra stuff, you know, the touches on everything, the, the effort. And that's why I think it takes kind of a, a different type of individual to, to be a great coach like that is, it takes a ton of energy and a ton of effort and a ton of thoughtfulness, um, which all these things are just sounds like we're talking about being a parent, but it's like, it's that's what it is. Like I, I, sometimes I'm like, damn dude. I'm like, when I do have kids, I'll be so prepared because I feel like I'm helping raise so many kids in the community right now. Yeah. Um, and, and just being an integral part of that. And, you know, when I have kids, I'll search for someone as well outside of, me that can be that be an influence that's not apparent like I just think it's really important and I think it takes to be like this great coach like we're talking about I think they're few and far between because because as much as people say they want to be that like at the end of the day who who puts in the effort to be that and do those things where the kids know it's above and beyond um you know what they're getting from other individuals in their life yeah, that's yeah. that's the separating factor, and the kids know it, dude. Like, yeah, they like you said, they can see through. Like, if you're just putting on a facade and you know trying to be fun when they come in, but at the end of the day, they they see through it. Kids are smart. Kids are smarter than they've ever been, in my opinion. Like, they have are exposed to so much so young, taking in so much information, experiences, seeing other coaches coach. Like, honestly, I think we cause 
a lot of problems with some sport coaches here in town and they don't like us because now they've felt what it feels like to be coached by someone that cares. Mm. And then when they go back to their sport coach and they are rude to them, they belittle them in front of their peers, in front of their team, they're like, we don't have to deal with this. Like I used to think that you just had to deal with that. Uh. And in some degree you do if you want to play the sport. But now we have kids that come in here, they're like, they're telling, they're like literally like being vocal with their coach. Like this isn't appropriate or they'll meet with them after and be like, this is not why I'm here. And if he, this keeps up, like I'm going to be done. Like they're just much more adults than they used to be. Like they just used to just take it and you just felt like that's what you had to do, but it did leave marks, I would say. Um, so it's, it, yeah, hopefully we can drive the community to be better coaches because um, people are more aware of what that looks like now. But just like any good business, those guys just don't see it because they're not in the industry. But just like any good business, the best thing is competition. And yeah. in some instances, that's competition. They need to step up their game and, or step up or get out of the way. You know, like yeah, get somebody in there that can actually actually care for those kids, man. Um, yeah. I got, I got two questions. Um, well, number one is kind of a, a statement, but I think uh, something that came to my mind, being a great coach, like – we have to have the love. If the love's not there, nothing else matters. But another thing that uh, is great as a great coach is just great communication. And we found out in the last few years how important that is. Like whether that's whether that's uh, body body language or just how we talk to these kids. Like not talking down to them, um, and then also teaching them how they learn. You know and. I'm so enthused. I, I was going to go to the um, one at Power Athlete, but I really like what Brett Bartholomew's doing. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's so valuable. Um, how have you had – I mean, obviously communication is very big on your end, so how have you been able to implement that as a, as a great coach? Um, I think that's been a journey for me, like in terms of that's – I've always been a decent communicator, but I've always, like, just through – this will tie it all back. But again, I think communication and love go hand in hand. Like if you look at marriages, if you look at relationships that are poor, uh, it's typically because there's a lack of communication. So again, I think these things kind of like, it's hard to love someone without communicating well with them. Um, So I think it all ties back together, but I would say just like in my personal life, I've spent a lot of time uh, as I become more influential, I have more people depending on me as I try to, you know, as I'm getting older and trying to find like a partner to share my life with, like I've put a lot of effort into um, learning about communication, reading books, being involved with some different, like learning more things about psychology and how, and how, what to look for in people and how to know when people are posturing and when they're asking for love and when they need things and how are they communicating non-verbally and verbally. Um, so I think my own endeavors into that have helped me a lot, a lot as a coach. Um, and I think, like you said, what people will see through as a coach is like, you could be a really good communicator verbally and be a high level at that. But also you can tell a lot, like once you know what to look for and kid, I think kids are like, I think we lose that skill as we get older potentially. But I think like, think about babies and dogs and like, like, I feel like they're very in tune with like posturing and and the way someone is displaying themselves and the energy they're giving off to like know what's safe and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's all built into us. So like, it's pretty easy to tell in a conversation, like even if somebody's verbally being there, if they're closing off, if they're in a closed stance, if they're guarded, if they potentially have an ill will towards you or things are off. Right. So I think understanding how to like not only verbally communicate, but also how to, move your body and how to present to people and how to approach them and how to, you know, just have that physical communication with them is huge. Yeah. And yeah, I think it all tie, ties back in, but I think there's two parts to communication and I think everybody just thinks verbally at first, but I think athletes pick up a lot on the coaches, uh, nonverbal cueing as well. 100% man. Um, and it doesn't have to get out to these coaches or anything, but uh, it's not uh, just to tooth their whistle, but just so I can kind of see on your end too. When I, when I say right off the bat, 
I know you'll have somebody come to mind, but when I say who was the best coach you had, um, this could be a teacher too, you know, like who was the best coach you had and who lit you up and actually did a good job to facilitate Darren into the person you are today? Uh, this, this one's wild because he actually he was came in in high school and he wasn't there very long. He was uh, a younger cat and he didn't even coach my position, but uh, his name was Brett Fowler and he he cared. Like he put the extra effort in. Maybe it was just because he was young and just starting, but he put the extra effort in. He was very uh, communicative with like what we were doing. He was showing up to do some extra stuff with us um, when other coaches weren't. And then, so he's a great example. And then also like my, I look back, like, you know, how I brought up my youth football oh, yeah. team. There's, there's a guy named Tony Manu. He's the sheriff here in town now. And then Les Hernandez, who still runs the youth football program now. He's in charge of it. But those two, I look to as like Tony, I almost look to as um, another father. Like I've reached out to him for advice that like, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable going to my parents, uh, to go to them um so tony manu less and then brett but i would say like tony's my main dude that like you just knew he was there for you thick and thin and he coached us in football but he was also involved in my life outside of football if that makes sense yeah yeah man and and like i said it could be it could be anybody it could be a parent could be a teacher and mine was uh mine was coach dupree um i had a list of five coaches um, in no specific order, but Coach Dupree had a huge, huge impact on my life, and he was my track and football coach, and uh, man of few words, and it brings us back to exactly what you just said. That dude would hardly ever communicate and actually do these things, but his body language and how he treated you spoke volumes. I mean, absolutely volumes about how much he cared about you. Um, I mean, it was, it, it, it's crazy. And that's the one that I got kind of emotional about, man. Like he, he changed my life to, to some extent and has done that for many different people. And I always bring it back and there's always these stories of what if, but what if we didn't get uh, a Tony for you? And what if we didn't get a, a coach to pre, where would we be right now? And we, I guess we'll never know, you know? Thankfully. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love that. How you just said, like, he's a man of few words. Like that's what I'm saying is you don't have to be, you don't have to be like, I tend to be allowed. Like I'm, I me talk too. a lot because that's me, but I have another coach in here, Shelton, who equally affects these kids and the kids love him. And he's a man of few words, you know? So there, you don't have to be the loud guy. You don't have to pretend to be somebody. You just have to genuinely care and, and learn how to communicate well with, with what you're, with the way you want to communicate. Yeah, and I think in our culture too, just because everything stems down from the university or professional realms in the strength world, the ones that are getting highlighted, everybody, everybody, if they know anything or anybody in the strength world, everybody knows the Northwestern strength coach because he was on Sports yeah. Center and he's headbutting people. And that could be passion. Do not get me wrong. Like that could be passion and it probably is. But that's not a prerequisite and it's not necessary unless it's out of passion. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes too, people get confused with the fact that like just because coaches are at a college setting or even a professional setting doesn't mean they're good. Oh, hundred percent. Like, like I've oh. almost seen like atrocious things where I'm like, this could be a podcast. Horrible. <laughs> it's all, it's all, yeah, it's almost harder. I think like, I think the private sector really like if you're not good, you're going to, go out of business but if you're working for a university you have a connection you get brought in tenure you could be an absolute ass but you're you're gonna keep your job to some degree as long as the university is paying you and you got the other head coach there that you're part of his yep. crew so i think people need to make sure that they realize that just because like they have some titles behind their name or they're at made it to a program you can't just assume that they're a good coach yeah and i think the 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 sink or swim position that you and i are in um, lends to our, our work ethic and those things that we're doing and trying to establish this longevity of success. But um, it also pins our backs against the wall where we it makes us the best coach instead of just possibly getting tenured as a NAI strength coach and professor, you know, like 
and don't get me wrong, we've seen we've seen amazing coaches at that level, but also it's not a it's not a one to one. All those coaches just yeah. possibly get in there because of a relationship and they ride the wave. It's kind of how it goes. Oh yeah. So yeah, for sure, brother. Um, Hanson Athletic, where can uh, where can people watch what you are up to and the lives that you are changing, my man? Yeah, I think most platforms you just put in Hanson Athletics. My personal is Coach D Hanson. Uh, they'll both link back to each other. Um, same thing on Twitter. And then the podcast is Building Stronger Humans Radio. But if you just type in Hanson Athletics, pretty much anywhere or on a Google browser, it'll pull up a ton of information. You guys can check it out, just kind of see what we're doing. Uh, my aim over the next a uh, little bit now that I'm full-time here is going to be getting some more content out of coaching and how we coach and just examples of us coaching kids because before it's been mostly just highlighting kids, which I'm going to continue to do. Um, but now I want to also stem into down the road, figuring out a way to help other coaches get better at coaching. Yeah. Right. Kind of like, like, like what Brett's doing to a degree, uh, like the art of coaching outside of just X's and O's and, and whatnot. So, um, keep an eye out for that. Make sure you go follow it. But that's, that's the aim in the next three to six months is to have a lot more content out there that kind of highlights this conversation we had today. So people can maybe get an idea of what that looks like or potentially through a screen as much as possible, what the energy feels like and what the culture feels like here. Um, and whatnot. Like, again, I think you really have to walk in, like, sometimes you just have to walk in the door and see what it's like. Like, it's not always easy to see through a, a video on the internet but yeah um actually i've been starting to put that out on tiktok um and some instagram reels too so i got the idea from it, just a guy on uh, tiktok i saw but weight room performance and uh he was literally just setting up his camera and i mean if he rolls it all day long or what but he had his road mics on and it was just conversations that he was having with athletes and the day to day and like the instruction and all the things that play into the communication, the love, the culture that we establish. And so I was like, man, like I, I reached out to him. I was like, one, how are you doing this? Two, what's your procedure? Like, how are you, how are you thinking about this? He's like, man, I set it up. And instead of me having to think of content and come up with these ideas, like I just coach and then I take my snippets out of it. And I was like, man, I really like that. And so I've been trying to uh, go through different different uh, areas of that um, through cueing and communication and culture and uh, just putting that out there because, I mean, we're dropping snippets and content all the time, you know. We just don't even know it. Yeah, and I, if you're listening to this and you're Pocatello, I want to find an intern to, to video. Because <laughs> ah. like you said, like it is nice to – uh, set it up, but even better would be if you had someone walking around, following you around. Yeah. Right? So then you don't have to like stage where you're standing or mm -hmm. whatever. Yep. I think that's a big next step for us is finding somebody that is into that and filming it. And then we can just go, I can just go back and take little clips out. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's, I think, again, I really think it's a separating factor. I think people get, I think it's the hard part. I think people get caught up on everybody wants the easy route. So it's like, Oh, if I'm going to be a coach, I got to know. You know, I got to go read a bunch of textbooks and know the X's and O's and, and the programming and everything. And it's like, there's a lot of places to find good influence on that. And I feel like there's not as many good ways to learn unless you're like born with it or somehow pick it up through experience, like just communicating, connecting with people. And if I can influence my kids to understand what that feels like in my gym, that's going to go well beyond my walls or outside of fitness and into their life, into schooling, into Building, jobs in the future building your legacy their, yeah into their relationships into the way they potentially parent their kids like dude it's it's actually i actually get the chills when i think about <laughs> what kind of influence we can make um and being like a male being a younger masculine strong male uh in tattoo with tattoos too it looks a little bit different than like Let's what go. my community typically looks like and and what kids are taught like Hey, this is what a role should look like. Like, this is what somebody should look like. Like when I was young, I thought somebody with a lot of tattoos went to jail. Like I just assumed that they had done bad things. Um, so being able to like influence these kids, build a relationship with them, teach them these things, communication and look away that's potentially not what they normally see or not what they uh, expect 
also opens them up to not perceiving and judging. Like the biggest problem in this world today is like everybody's got to pick a side. Everybody's like extreme one way or another. It's like you got to take each situation and each person with perspective and and understand that like just because the way you perceive them doesn't mean it's the truth. So yeah, I think that's a big part too. Well, you made that post uh, just the other day, and I had talked about this to a athlete a while back, and I talked about it on a podcast maybe a month ago. But your truth may be different than somebody else's. And then this story, and we've all been there, like, hey, somebody, um, let's just say an athlete skipped our class. Well, in my head, well, he's just skipping and he doesn't like it. And now I'm going to have a preconceived notion against that person or whatever the situation. But in their mind, it's a whole different perspective. And we're telling ourselves this lie that we perceive as Mm -hmm. truth. It, yep. it, I, I love that, dude, because I, I read through that the other day and then I was like, man, I had a conversation just a little bit ago about that. It's huge. That's our, that's, I mean, that's life, dude. It's like, oh, man. The, the moment you can like take a step outside of yourself and your emotions and, okay, just have like, that's okay. I'm not saying don't feel emotions. I'm saying, okay, have that little gut reaction and then take a little bit of a step back, take a view at it, and then go through some different alternatives and be like, okay, there's a lot of information I'm missing. Um, you know, before I put together a decision, let's, let's learn a little bit more, figure out or talk to that athlete and be like, what's going on? And maybe something really legit came up and it's like, they actually need your love mm-hmm. right now the most because they missed that class for a certain reason, rather than you just turning that into now they can feel your energies off towards them. And now they're not comfortable anymore in your classes. And now maybe they don't want to come now. And that was your opportunity to change, potentially change the life seriously right yeah so well brother it's always a honestly maybe this is one of my favorite ones that we've done um oh this has been great (laughs) that's what i'm saying Uh, (laughs) i uh i mean we've we've bagged on crossfit we've talked sprinting and now it's just uh into the grind into the into the trenches man so uh Man, I appreciate one though. I got a lot of, lot of, lot of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I have, I have guys that come from CrossFit, my athletes, and come here. And on a tangent, dude, every single one, not ninety percent, a hundred percent of those kids that come over here after that, just get stronger fast, dude. Like, yeah, holy no crap. Like faster than a novice athlete that's had no stimulus and no experience. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in there, wow. and I'm like, hey, check out this podcast. So I'm always sending them there and it's just racking up views on there, dude. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, that, dude. Was, that was wild for a while. Good yeah. stuff, man. Well, I, I appreciate your time more than you know, brother. Um, I'm actually going to sit down with some athletes, get them some donuts and coffee and cap off the summer. Uh, we just finished our summer classes, so then we're transitioning into in season. So love it, yeah. yeah that's our next. We got one more week of summer, and then we're transitioning. So yeah, dude, all the football, college, all our private and public high schools all started a week earlier this year. So it kind of took. Oh really? A, yeah, we have a dead week next week, so like no oh. one's allowed to do anything, and then it's boom. So we're testing yeah. next week and. It's going to be, we're going to put out some good uh, increases for the summer, I think. So, hell yeah, so. brother. Well, keep me in the loop with that. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll be chatting sometime soon before that, man. So, I, All right. I, the man. yeah, I appreciate it, brother. We'll, uh, we'll see you sometime soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Yes, sir.